I'm Stephen Pesavento, and welcome to the Name Your Number podcast presented by the Investor Mindset. As someone who comes from a challenging childhood, I've spent my life seeking financial security, personal growth, and ultimately freedom. The freedom to not wake up worried about the next paycheck, but rather with the confidence of knowing that my passive income pays my bills without the need to think about it. When you name your number that you'll earn passively, that creates your ultimate quality of life, then I believe you've achieved real freedom. Welcome to my show. It's time to name your number. Those emotions, those values, that quality of life is what matters. And I believe that when you get connected to that and your money is in alignment, it can actually fuel you in such a beautiful way. So I, I really appreciate you sharing that because I think so many people are lost and whatever way they find their way back to that connection, I think will really open up a lot of things and help people really create that beautiful life. Welcome back to the Name Your Numbers show presented by the Investor Mindset. We're on a mission to create financial freedom for over a million investors. And when you name your number, the number that you want to earn passively every month that creates your ultimate quality of life, then I believe you've achieved real freedom. Now let's get into the show. Today, I'm excited to have John Gordon in the studio. How are you doing today, John? Steven, doing great. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, John is a prolific best-selling author and keynote speaker speaking and coaching with sports teams and business leaders all over the country for many years. He's full of so much knowledge. He's really living an incredible life. We're going to get into that life and how he got there today. So uh, uh, before we get into all those details, I'd love to start out on a personal note by looking back at your life. What events or influences from your childhood shaped who you are today? And how has that played a role in your money and your investing journey? Wow. So, you know, growing up, I grew up in a very middle-class family. My dad was a New York City police officer, undercover narcotics. And mm. so he wasn't very positive. He saw a lot of mm. a lot of crime. He saw a lot of shootings going on. He was shot himself, but he was oh. a loving guy, but just one of the most negative guys on the planet. And then my mom was actually in advertising and she was a salesperson and she sold like local advertising. So I saw both my parents work. My mom was a working mom in the seventies before a lot of women were working. So I saw that I was an entrepreneur at a young age. I would basically go around and when it would snow, I would sell the idea of shoveling the driveway. And then I'd come back with my brother who would actually shovel the driveway. So I'd sell it for 10 bucks, pay my brother five and keep five. I don't know how I thought of that, but that's what I was doing at a young age, getting my brother to shovel driveways. I also mm -hmm. sold blacktop driving driveways where I would blacktop the driveways up in the Northeast and Long Island, New York. So I was doing that a lot and made some money doing that. Probably hurt my lungs in the process <laughs> using all that tar, but mm. that was a good experience in terms of like, I remember going around with a guy who was doing carpet cleaning and he was paying me like $4 an hour. I went one day with him. Mm. I'm like $4 an hour to mm. do this. There has to be a better way. And all the way back then, I think I sold a driveway for like $150 to do the driveway. And I thought, okay, a lot of money at once doing one driveway. I think I'll take that job. And it's my own money. So I think I thought like that at a young age. And it also made me in terms of, of, um, you know, middle-class family wanting more and wanting to be successful, wanting to have my own money. But at the same time, I also was in sports. So I couldn't work all the time. 
and I was playing sports a lot. So my sports really did define me in many ways. Blue collar work ethic, great athlete. I get recruited to play lacrosse at Cornell University. I was recruited for football. And so lacrosse taught me about teamwork, hard work, discipline, dedication. And ultimately, I'm playing sports in the offseason. I'm working, doing odd jobs, trying to make money. I had my own car, wanted to impress a girlfriend. And so that's a lot of my youth dictating who I was back then. Yeah, well, it's incredible because, you know, where we come from often leads to who we become right? We go through these life experiences. We have challenges that end up leading to a defining moment where we get to choose who are we going to become and how are we going to look at that moment? Tell us a little bit about, because you know, you've written 27 books, you've got a 28th one, one truth that's going to be coming out soon. Uh, you've been speaking and teaching to thousands and millions of people over the years. What was the moment that led you down that path to becoming the person that you are today, where you're going out and you're really making a direct impact on so many people's lives? Well, I used to be a restaurant owner. When I was 24 years old, I opened up a, a bar in Buckhead and it became a happening place. It was called Park Bench. 24 mm. years old, opened up this place, starts to crush it. I found investors, everyone put in money. We made it happen. Then we opened up a few more places. And I was doing that, but I knew I didn't want to be a bar owner for the rest of my life. And mm -hmm. so I got the chance to be part of a dot-com and the dot-com was really just starting to take off that industry mm -hmm. during that time. And I had about 80,000 to a hundred thousand shares. I was going to make my fortune. And so I was excited about this opportunity. I'm in my late twenties at that point, like 27, 28. And I have this opportunity to make a lot of money. So I get this job and I start working with that company. I have the shares. I even brought some investors together to be part of that company. And I'm not involved in the restaurants anymore. Eventually mm -hmm. I would sell back to my partners and then move to Jacksonville, Florida. So I have my wife, two little kids. Now I'm 29, 30 years old and the dot-com mm. industry crashes. Mm. What am I going to do? How will I pay the bills? How will I support my family? And I'm crumbling from the inside out, full of fear and stress, anxiety. Man, people think COVID was tough for them. This was yeah. my time that was tough for me. This is where I found my light because I basically was in the darkness. And it was during that time I said, what am I born to do? Why am I here? I've got to change because I'm miserable and negative. My wife said, if you don't change, we're over. She was yeah. literally going to leave me. And I had to change. So I asked what I was born to do, what's my purpose? And in that moment, I'll never forget, writing and speaking came to me. And I knew mm. that's what I was going to do. That's why I was here. I wanted to encourage people the way I was encouraged by various books I read. I love The Road Less Traveled. I love the book Illusions by, by uh, Richard Bach, Jonathan, mm. Jonathan Livingston Siegel by Richard Bach, all these different books that inspired me, encouraged me. The Greatest Salesman by Og Mandino. Love that mm, book. One. So I read these different books. I thought, you know, I want to do that. I want to write. I want to speak. I want to encourage. But I can't just go do that. How am I going to make money doing that? How do I mm -hmm. support my family? I'm almost bankrupt now because I just lost my job. I got a mortgage. I have kids. So I decided to get back in the restaurant business and second mortgage my home, mm. $20,000 in credit cards, and opened up the first Moe's Southwest Grill in mm. Florida. 
This was the first Mo's in Florida. This was the fifth Mo's in the entire country. Now there's wow. hundreds of them all over, but I was the first in Florida. Opened it up, didn't know what I was doing, <laughs> put everything into this restaurant, had no extra money. Literally the money is dwindling out of the bank account, like almost nothing left, hanging on by a thread. And I remember just being fearful, but also having some peace, trusting a lot, having mm -hmm. faith. And next thing you know, like money came out of the blue where a guy owed me money and that carried us for a month. And then a company reached out and offered me a consulting opportunity to consult with them on wireless technology, which was what the, the dot-com company was all about. Mm -hmm. Out of the blue, they reached out. I said, I don't really know how the technology works. They said, no, just teach us how to sell it. Mm. So I met with them, $13,000 they paid me, which back then was a lot, for mm. six weeks of, of consulting. That money carried us until we made our first profit in the Moe's. But mm. man, I was doing everything possible to make this restaurant successful. So think about it, I'm consulting, I'm trying to make it work, trying to make my restaurant successful. I know I wanna write and speak. And then once we made our first profit, I'm like, okay, now I could start this process, this journey of trying to write and speak. I'm wiping tables down in the Mo's. I'm like 30 years old. People think I'm a worker there. They don't know I'm an owner because I wear a t-shirt and shorts. Yep. You know, I'm wiping down the table, talking to this woman who was the managing partner for New York Life. Eventually I shared that I was the owner and she said, um, something about needing a speaker for her company or something. I said, well, I, I'm a speaker too. Mm. And I offered to speak for her company. She was, I can't pay you. I said, it doesn't matter. I'll, I'll just come do it. <laughs> and it was the first talk I gave and I went and yeah. gave a talk and I'm like, okay, I did it. I was nervous, trying to get out of it, but I did it. And then I realized, man, I, I could do this. And that began this journey of saying, I am now going to be a writer and speaker. I think, I think what's so powerful about this moment is that you're in the depths of a dark period. You're in the depths of a period where you've got two kids, you've got a family, you recognize that there's a change that needs to happen inside yourself, that your wife is saying, hey, I want to see a different version of you. I don't like the version I'm seeing. You, you, you're lacking the financial capability to make that change, to create the life that you want to create, but you know, a skill, you know, how to run these restaurants. And so you do what you need to do because you've actually sat down, you've got clear on what your purpose is. You've got clear on that vision. And then you've had the faith to believe that it's going to happen, that it's going to come through you, that, that it will show up at the right moment. And it does. And I think so many people forget that because they go into the darkness. I know I've been there and I'm, sure many of you who are listening have been there as well. And it's like, when you go into that darkness, it can be actually a beautiful place. If you look at it from that perspective, if you use it as a moment to get clear, to really understand what that vision of your life is, what the purpose is and what this is all about. And it sounds like through that process, you really redeveloped who you are so that you can be this person who's really giving value and helping change people's lives directly. There are people who still remember me as that restaurant owner, as that Moe's owner. My wife just gave a talk recently in mm -hmm. our local area and people came up to her and said, I remember your husband when he was just opening Moe's and now to see what he's doing, all these books, millions of copies sold later, doing all this work with all these companies and organizations and teams and great leaders on the planet. I get to work with the Dodgers, the Rams, the Miami Heat. Sean McVay is a great friend. Clemson football and Dabo Sweeney. I work with them. I get to work with all these teams. And yet I started by working in that restaurant. And you're right. I believe you have to have a vision 
and a purpose of where you're going and why you're going there. And when I talk, I think it's powerful because I've lived it. I've been there. As you said, I was in the depths of despair and darkness. And in that moment, I still had this eternal hope with a vision and purpose of where I'm going and why I'm going there. You need a telescope and a microscope. Telescope's Mm. the big picture vision of where you're going and why you're going there. And then the microscope's your zoom focus actions that you will take each day to realize the picture and the telescope. And we need both on our journey because I had this dream, Mm. but every day I had to work towards the dream. And I think so often people have this big idea, they have this big vision, but they don't take the actions each day. And a lot of times they take the actions each day, but then they lose sight of the vision and the purpose. Mm. We don't get burned out because of what we do. We get burned out because we forget why we do it. Mm. And I gotta tell you, that same vision and purpose that keeps me going to this day. And it was those difficult moments and challenges though, that also makes me humble to this day because I know where I've been. I know what it took to get here. And I'm so appreciative of the journey. And even when I wrote The Energy Bus, my first book, got rejected by over 30 publishers. Mm -hmm. So here I am now, I have a vision, I have a mission. I sell the restaurants. So in 2005, I sold the restaurants, made some money, not a fortune, but some. And now I'm like, okay, I wanna focus on writing and speaking 100%. I told my wife, we gotta sell the restaurant. She's like, no, no, we're just finally comfortable. Like it took us several years to get to this place where we're actually comfortable. We have money in the bank because it wasn't like that for those bunch of years beforehand. And I'm like, no, I gotta do this. She goes, what happens if it doesn't work? I said, there Mm. are no other options. We've got to go for it. And that's what we did. And she was supportive. I sold the restaurants, but now everything's drying up. The money's actually coming out of the bank account. We're living off of it. And I'm thinking, I may have to get a job if this goes on for a long period of time. And I'm walking one day and the energy bus comes to me. I write the book in three and a half weeks, gets rejected by all those publishers though. So now you're being told your dream is not going to happen. So now I'm not really in the darkness, but now I'm in the phase of I'm pursuing my dream, but now I'm being told it's not going to happen. So I could have went into despair. I could have given up. But I didn't because I had my vision and mission. And it was this, to encourage and inspire as many people as possible, one person at a time. Mm. So that was literally my vision and mission because I really did want to make a difference. And I realized I was so miserable when I was focused on me. And that's why my wife almost left me. When I made my life about others and serving others and making a difference, I said, you know what? I may not make a lot of money doing this, but I'm going to love doing this. So I'm going to focus on doing this. It wasn't about the money. And so- That's what I was focusing on, making a difference and serving and impacting. And I wrote this book that I thought could be impactful. And I got to admit, did I want to be someone of value? Of course. Yeah. But I also want to add value to people's Mm -hmm. lives. I think there's an ego there, but your ego must actually be subservient to a bigger purpose in order to be truly successful. I believe if you're always focused on yourself, eventually that's going to give way to pride and greed and, and lead to a lack of success because you got to build it with people over the long term. And even if you do it al- alone, eventually you're going to be very lonely and have yeah. all the money in the world and yet be miserable and have no relationships in the process. So how do you have a meaningful but successful life? It's always with pe- it's always with people along the journey. Along yeah, the it, it it really does, and it's so it's so fascinating because some of the most powerful experiences I've had in my life have come from a time when I was focused on myself. 
And then I had a moment of oneness, a moment of connecting to God, the universe, whatever anybody who's listening wants to call it. But that moment of feeling like an unlimited amount of love inside and that that feeling comes from giving. It comes from doing onto others. It comes from putting yourself aside and being willing and asking for you to be passed over so that you can actually help another person. I think it's so powerful because we often forget it. Because when we're in that survival mode, we're in that place where we're fearful, where we don't know if we have enough, where, where we're just trying to get by, that we can oftentimes forget that. And that's why I think it's so powerful to create your, what I call the dream life vision, the, that, that vision and purpose for what your life is really about. So that no matter what you're doing every day, whether you're you know wiping down tables at a restaurant so that eventually you can get to the place you want to be, or whether you're working in some career job that, that you actually do love, but you know that there's more to life. What I'd love for you to share, John, is share with us a little bit about how somebody can go about discovering that dream life, that vision and that purpose for those people who are lost or those people who feel like they're in a good place, but they know that there's more. And by connecting to that, they can find their way to it. Well, when I wrote the energy bus, it was really thinking about what is it that I want? What is it that I want to create? What do I want to build? Who do I want to be? What does that future look like? What am I doing during that future? What is my family like? Am I a present dad? Am I involved in my kids' lives? I had an idea for training back then, but I knew I wasn't ready to do a training company because I needed to invest in my family first and then be yeah. a season later to do that. So you have this ideal vision, but sometimes you have this vision, but it means not yet. You can't do everything yeah. all the time as part of your vision. Sometimes you're meant to wait on parts of your vision, but I did have the vision in terms of, of, of writing and speaking and it kept me going. I went on a 28 city tour paid for myself. Eventually that book, you know, we get published by John Wiley and Sons. And I shared that message everywhere and anywhere. And we had five people in one city, 10 people in another, 20 in another. The most people we were 100 people in Des Moines, Iowa. They mm -hmm. thought Jeff Gordon was coming. That's why they showed up. <laughs> and, and that's a real true story, actually. They did think that. <laughs> I was just back in Iowa doing an event for leadership training, packed house, full event, all the leaders in Iowa there. I mean, amazing people. It was like a full circle moment. And where does that start? It starts, as you said, the vision and purpose. How do you get clear on that? For me, I'm a person of faith. So mm -hmm. for me, the way you find your vision and purpose is you can't know your vision and purpose without the, without the relationship with the one who created you for a purpose. Mm -hmm. And so I truly believe like you have a purpose. You're not an accident. And if it's just a universe, which means one song, by the way, there's a creator of the one song, but if it's just the universe and it's all randomness, then guess what? Then you're an accident. And if you're an accident, then there's no purpose. Then there's no meaning to your life. The fact that you want a purpose or you believe you have a purpose and the fact that there's one, one for you means that this world is not an accident. You're not an accident and you're here for a reason. And so yeah. as you connect with that God, that, that oneness that you talked about, that's my book coming out in June called The One Truth. One Truth mm -hmm. is about oneness versus separateness. That when we feel separate, alone, disconnected, divided, we feel weak and powerless and sad and have a lot of anxiety and worry. And a lot of people right now in this world feel that way because they feel separate. But mm -hmm. as you return to oneness and connection, but connected to mm -hmm. what? connected to the God that created you. See, mm -hmm. the tree is meant to be rooted in the soil. It's not meant to go grow apart from the tree. 
We know that fish, they're meant to be in the water. That's where they thrive in the water. Well, guess what? You thrive when you're connected to your creator. You're not meant to be separate from your creator. You're meant to be one with your creator. And when you're one with your creator, what happens in that oneness, you live your purpose. You live your vision or the vision that's for you. You live with more love because love is the nature of God and love starts to move through you. You start to have more power. You have more peace. So as you come back to that oneness, instead of feeling separate, it's amazing how your purpose starts to reveal itself through you. And that's what happened to me. I was lost, disconnected, alone, isolated. And by the way, mental health, everyone who has mental health issues, they all report feelings of isolation, yeah. disconnection, aloneness, and separateness. As you mm-hmm. move from oneness to separateness, you move from positive to negative. Oneness is positive, move towards separateness, you move towards a lot of negativity and feelings of negativity. And that's what people need to understand. That's what the one truth is all about. And once you understand this, everything in your life will change. So how do you know your vision and purpose? You start to pray. You start to be open. I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about relationship. God, what is your plan for me? Why am I here? What is my mission? Show me the signs. I had a friend who wasn't a big believer, had trouble trusting and believing in God. And they just said, God, if you're real, you got to show me, God, just show me that you're real. Show me some sign. And guess what? They got signs. I tell people all the time, the minute you ask God to prove it, God's going to prove it, but you may not like what he shows you, but he's going to prove it. And so uh, this is not meant to be a, a preaching sermon, but I do want people to feel more joy, more peace, more love. And I know as you connect to that, now you talked about the universe. If the universe is impersonal, is that going to heal you? Can an impersonal universe love you? It's like, can you heal with a stranger? Because we know that relational psychology says you heal in a loving relationship. So can you heal with a stranger? No, it has to be a loving relationship. Well, guess what? If God is impersonal, it's not a loving relationship. But if it's a personal God that you know loves you and you connect to that love, that's what heals you. And that's the love that's meant to heal you. So I hope people connect with that and resonate with that. Yeah. And I I really think there's something really powerful there because, you know, for me personally, John, like I I grew up Catholic. I got pretty far away from religion. I almost looked at it from a negative place because of some of the beliefs and values that I learned that made me feel shame and blame and all of these things. And then later in life, I ended up finding my way back in a different way, not necessarily to religion, but to that connection to oneness, to this personal connection with something that's so much greater. And I don't know the right words to describe it and trying to speak in a way that will speak to a lot of people, but you know, whether you call it God or oneness or, 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 or something, but it, it is a personal connection. It is that feeling that what I found for myself was that when I actually was connected to that, when I was giving, when I was asking for signs, the synchronicities, the magical things that start showing up and you start believing and having faith versus living in that place of fear, right? Having that faith coming in and, and really living in that, I did feel like this unlimited feeling of love. And I really believe that is what the relationship with God, your creator, whatever the word is, somebody wants to use with that. That's what it's all about. And that's where, you know, I've, I've dealt with depression in my life on and off. I I know you've experienced some of that yourself and, and it's this place of feeling so isolated, so alone. So like there isn't like everything's not going to just work out, but it's interesting because when you come into that place of faith, when you come into that place of 
believing that there is something greater out there, that there's something greater for you to connect with, that there's a greater purpose and that you can then make your life about giving versus receiving. You end up receiving so much more. It's, it's ironic. I had an experience about a week ago where I was doing um, a healing with some people and it was a very large event. And, and it was one of the most powerful feelings. I, I cried for hours afterwards because wow. During that experience, I was just giving everything that I had, asking God, asking the universe, asking oneness, whatever we want to call it, to bring down and help this person. And it's funny because in that moment, when you're sitting in that place and you're putting yourself aside, that's what life is actually about. But we've gotten distracted because our ego is there and we want to be big and we want to be valuable and we want to make an impact. And look, I'm on a mission to help a million people become free financially, not because money's the important piece, but because those emotions, those values, that quality of life is what matters. And I believe that when you get connected to that and your money is in alignment, it can actually fuel you in such a beautiful way. So I, I really appreciate you sharing that because I think so many people are lost in whatever way they find their way back to that connection, I think will really open up a lot of things and help people really create that beautiful life. That's why I hope people read the one truth because they're going to recognize that, that in oneness, there's power. And in separateness, there's there's weakness. And you talked about money. Money is just an exchange of energy. And mm -hmm. so there's nothing wrong with having money. There's nothing mm -hmm. wrong with making money. You're meant to make money. You're meant to actually use that money for good. You're meant to use that money to make heaven, right? To I sorry, make earth like heaven and bring heaven mm -hmm. to earth. If you can take that money and do good with it, think about the impact you can have. If you're sick, you can't help someone be well. The goal is that you are well to help others be well. So if mm -hmm. you can take your money and do good with it, wow, think about the impact you can have. So I like to make a lot of money. And guess what? I give away a lot of money. And again, yeah. it's what you do with it. Now, ego stands, by the way, for edging God out. And so mm -hmm. what happens is when you have a big ego, you yeah. actually feel separate. Going back to separateness, you feel separate. So because you feel separate, you feel powerless. This gives rise to the ego that tries to give you a sense of power and yeah. control. And as it arises, it's actually weak power because it's connected to self. It's not connected to something greater. Mm -hmm. Humility connects you to God and to others and leads to something greater. But ego disconnects you from God and others and causes you to actually feel powerful, but actually it leads to weakness. And that's why leaders with egos aren't very good leaders, but mm -hmm. leaders who are humble are actually really great leaders. Now, it doesn't mean you think less of yourself. It just means you think of yourself less as the old verbiage goes, the old saying goes. And so it's really about making sure that, okay, I have an ego. I want to be great. I want to do great things. So every human being has that desire, but how can I use that to bring out the greatness in others? How can I grow and then help others grow in the process? How can it be subservient to making a greater difference and be part of the bigger picture and the bigger oneness. So I'm connected to something greater. Why? Because you are meant to be connected to others relationally in relationship and to be connected to God in relationship. And so again, the universe is not personal. The universe is a medium. It's a echo mm -hmm. chamber of the creator creating the one song that we're all living in. And there's this creator that's a loving creator that loves you. And I'll never forget the best advice I ever got because I'm trying to question everything and had trouble because of so many hypocrites in religion. And, you yeah. know, I grew up, I grew up Jewish. 
was bar mitzvah. Then I was a new ager, a Buddhist. Then I'm doing a lot of meditation. Mm -hmm. I practice all these different religions. Yeah. And then, and then I had a spiritual encounter with Jesus. And I asked, you know, this, this pastor, you know, what about all the hypocrites? He said, John, don't let Christians keep you from Christ. Mm. And because there, the Christ is a unifying energy that restores you and creates the oneness that you seek by taking the burden and the pain and all of the things you're holding on to takes it all. So now you can connect to and be one with God. It's so simple when you really think about it. And mm. I think religion has really uh, a friend of mine said the other day, religion is a false union with God. It actually makes you feel like you're one, but you're not. It's actually false. It's a lot of actual big ego involved when you look at it that way. But yeah. love, humility, surrender, trust, spirit connects you together. There's research from Gallup poll that shows that couples that pray together, 99% stay together. 50% mm -hmm. who go to church, right, get divorced. Same mm. rate, same mm. rate as church or non-church, it's 50%. But mm. you pray together, one spirit coming together, all praying, that's what leads you to actually have a, a great marriage, a great relationship. So, so it's, I, yeah, it's, I, it's, I think it's powerful for people to understand. And you talked about healing. We all have a wound in our soul. We all have a mm -hmm. hole in our soul. And guess what? That hole in your soul is a wound. And that will affect the way you make money the way you look at money, the way you look at success, how you try to achieve success, it will cause you to actually live from your ego, from your wound and from your separateness. But when you heal the hole in your soul and you become whole, W-H-O-L-E, now you become one, you become powerful, you become strong. And you're not meant to go through life with fear, with yeah. clutter, with stress, and chronic anxiety, like so many people in the world today, think about it. So many people are dealing that, dealing that way or feeling that way because they're actually feeling separate. You're meant mm -hmm. to go through life with power, with peace, with joy, with love, and with purpose. And that is how you're meant to go through life. And that comes from oneness. Yeah, that's beautiful. And there's really, it's really connecting to that oneness, that energy, whether it's in your relationship or with money or with yourself yeah. that ends up really bringing you to that place. I think that's beautiful. We've got a couple more questions before we wrap up. What I'd love is if you're open to it, to share personally, what is that ultimate life, that dream vision that you're creating? You've, you've published 27, almost 28 books. You're speaking in front of incredible people. What is that vision for your life? How do you interact with your family? What are those emotions that you want to feel? Love for you to share that with us for some inspiration as somebody who's been really mastering this in their life. Well, now I see my daughter speaking. She's 24 years old. Jade Gordon, go follow her on Instagram mm. or Twitter. And mm. Jade Gordon is, is crushing it now at 24. She's doing great work. So it's awesome to see her live this purpose. And she was terrified to speak a year ago. <laughs> she was so afraid. And then she stepped into it because she felt a calling to make a difference. She was working at Nobu in Malibu as a hostess, mm -hmm. you know, hospitality, graduated from Clemson University. And now she starts doing this work. And it was, it was, it was crazy to see her step into this because I thought she'd be doing it maybe when she was 30, 35. And here she is now 24 stepping into it. So it looks like my daughter now doing this work and us doing it together as I coach her and guide her and help her on this journey and to see her make a difference. She just worked with a company the other day, got a message from the CEO 
that she shared with me. She's like, dad, check this out. See, like raved about her talk and presentation. Like so cool to see my wife is doing the same thing. My wife is also speaking. She has a podcast, Catherine for real. So it's not like supporting her. Then I have a team of speakers and I'm supporting Mm -hmm. them. And we have a train the trainer program where we train people to deliver the energy bus, power, positive leadership, power of a positive team. And we're growing that. So it's really the mission of now reaching more people, more leaders, more teams, impacting more lives, and now leveraging where we now train trainers and speakers and coaches to go out and do this. And that's Mm. where you multiply and you can impact the world that way with this message, positive leadership, positive teamwork, a positive mindset, not Pollyanna positive, but mental toughness and grit. And and how to go through life with this power we're talking about. And guess what the, the fruit of that is? Money. Yeah. When you invest in the root, you get mm. a great supply of fruit. Focus mm. on the fruit, ignore the root, the tree dies. See, I'm all about investing mm. the root because I know when you invest in the root, you're going to get a great supply of fruit and you're going to make a lot of money. And it doesn't have to be your focus. I always say, I wrote this book, The Carpenter. People say it's my best book. It's great for entrepreneurs in your audience. Mm. Love serving care. You love serving mm. care. You don't worry about growing your business. You just love serving care and your business will exponentially grow from there. So to me, that's what I'm, that's my mission. That's my vision. That's what it looks like. No different than what I'm doing now. Maybe I have a plane. I'd like to have a plane would be nice is the one thing I'm, I, I feel like I'm yeah. missing because it would allow me to go to more places easier, make more of an impact and be less tired when I am traveling to all these different events and organizations. And so that's probably the one thing I've been chartering some planes more. Companies have been bringing me more in their planes. I would love that. But other than that, it's continuing to do the work that I'm doing. My mission and vision of my dream life is not sitting on a beach yeah, and enjoying all the money I have. I could do that right now and retire if I wanted to, because I never thought I would make the money I have made with all the books I've sold, like over 5 million copies, do the math, right? Yeah. And all the speaking I've done over the years now for like, what, 18 years. But for me, it's to continue to do this, continue to impact and leave a legacy. But if someone does want to hang on the beach and that's their idea of a dream life, that's nothing wrong with them. I think that's great if that's your vision and mission. But I would say while you're on that beach, what are you doing to make the world better? Because if your dream doesn't involve making a difference in the lives of others, then you need a bigger, bolder, and better dream. I'm convinced of that. Mm. But I, I really too truly believe that, that when you are focused on making impact for others, you're going to feel a level of fulfillment that really will motivate you, will drive you. You'll want to continue doing it because that feeling, that feeling and that love that we've been talking about for this entire episode, that connected to that oneness comes from making an impact for others. Once you get your house in order and, and, and you're no longer worried, you're no longer in survival, you're really living in abundance, you're giving away because you know that it's there, that it's fruitful. Um, you, you often will find people move more towards exactly what you and I are talking about here. I just want to share. It's so inspiring to hear your vision because you're living it. You've been living it for, for 18 years. You've, you've truly gone through uh, the, the tough times and the great times to create a phenomenal family and to be able to go and see those people succeed and then be able to support so many others on that path. So really, really appreciate you sharing. You're truly an inspiration. You're truly making a difference in the world. Wrapping up on this question, uh, what is your advice for those who are listening, who are on that path towards creating their dream life and they're getting caught up financially? What advice do you have for them 
on how to be able to navigate that so they can really live fully connected to everything that we've been talking about. Well, I'm glad you asked that. By the way, my son is graduating college in two weeks. So that's also part of my dream and vision. It's been mm -hmm. a miracle to see him graduate because he's on the mm -hmm. five-year plan. So I'm very, yeah. very thankful for that. I want to give him credit for that. But he had fear along the way. And, and so did I. And so does everyone. So my advice to everyone, as you are talking about this, you said financially, it's not the financial stuff. It's actually yeah. the fear that they have mm -hmm. about the finances. It's the fear they have about being secure. It's the fear they have about living up to their potential and failing. So my advice would be, don't fear it, love it. You focus on love instead of fear because love casts out fear. So the minute you focus on love, what happens is fear will dissipate. And right now we have so many people fearing the outcome, fearing not being successful, fearing not being worthy. But all you have to do is every day, love what you do love the moment, love serving people, love building your business, love all the challenges you're facing, knowing that they lead to growth. The minute you focus on love, fear will dissipate and you will operate at a higher level. And why is that? I wrote about this in the one truth. Love creates connection to that oneness we're talking about. Love creates connection. When you love someone, you feel more connected to them. So love creates connection. That creates clarity. The minute you have more connection, you start to have more clarity. You start to see things so much clearer. From there, you have confidence. People often think that confidence breeds clarity. It actually works the other way. It's the clarity that breeds the confidence. So now I see things clearly. I'm in the zone. And man, I feel like I can take on this world and I know what I need to do. And that brings confidence. And then that brings courage. So the more confidence you have, now you have courage. So my advice is, Focus on loving it. And you'll have the courage to go after your dreams, to build your dreams, and to ultimately be successful. Love it. Don't fear it. And you'll be more powerful. And I can give you examples with Clemson football, focusing on love. I can talk about the athlete that I helped, who's a professional athlete, was full of fear, got him back to love. Next thing you know, he performs at a higher level. I could talk about the college athlete or Pavarotti. He said, you know what? Everybody wants the audience to love them but I love the audience. That's what made him so great. And when you love what you do, it shines through. Well, this has been so beautiful. It's, it's inspiring to hear this. I feel like everybody needs to be able to connect to that, to that dream life, to that oneness and really be able to step in and live this. John, where can people find out more about you or dive into more of your materials and get in touch? Yeah, go to johngordon.com, J-O-N-Gordon.com, or the new book is getonetruth.com. Also Twitter, Instagram at J-O-N-Gordon11. And if you heard us on this, please let me know that you heard me and Stephen talking. Share with me via Instagram. If you have any questions you want to ask me along the way, feel free to hit me up there. I do answer my DMs and Instagram. I don't answer Twitter, but I answer uh, Instagram if you have any questions. I love to encourage people. And so I'm always trying to encourage people on, on the journey. And Stephen, I appreciate the work that you're doing, bringing people to oneness. And guess what? As you are one and you feel that oneness, you know what comes from that? Money. And so focus on that and the money will be a, byproduct of that. The life you want will be a byproduct of that. Success will be a byproduct of that. So what happens is you seek the kingdom first and then everything else is given to you. Seek the root, invest in the root, you get the fruit. Invest in the root, you get the fruit. Thanks so much, John. Thanks so much for listening, all of you, and we'll see you guys on the next episode. Today's episode is sponsored by Von Finch Capital. 
If you're interested in investing alongside me in the same type of real estate opportunities that I personally invest in, then head over to Von Finch Capital and join their private investor network. You can do so at vonfinch.com slash invest. Join me on that next deal. And I look forward to seeing you on the inside. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, make sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share it with a friend. Head over to theinvestormindset.com to join the Insider Club, where we share tools and strategies from the top investors and entrepreneurs on how to take it to the next level. 